Hey y'all, it's Melissa with RVA Dirt. We've got a new, albeit short, very short episode for you today. It's our semi-regular update with Mayor LeVar Stoney. This episode was recorded last week before the mayor's presentation and choice of one casino and resort to go in the 8th district if city council votes to put a casino referendum on November's ballot and if the people of Richmond vote to become a casino city. It was also before the mayor's NYT op-ed came out, so unfortunately we were unable to ask him about those topics because they simply weren't a thing yet. So untwist your knickers and start thinking about what you want us to ask him at the end of the summer. Enjoy the episode and we will see you on the Twitters. Welcome, listeners, to another outstanding pandemic panaria, panda bear version of what is a panaria? All of them, honey. <laughs> we're making up new names for what we're doing because yes. we're still here, but we're making it work. Mm-hmm. Of RVA Dirt's municipal mania, 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 mania. That's right. Heard every Wednesday at 11 a.m. on WRIRLP 97.3 FM Independent Radio. That's it. That's that's where we're at. Well, we're actually at home still, but you know. Yes. That's where we're broadcasting out of. Hi. Yeah. Welcome this fine day. It is a lovely day outside. Spring has sprung and there's a lot going on in the city and we have our distinguished multi-time guest back with us again. Who's here? He's getting a green jacket. He's he, he jacket. <laughs> got a green jacket. Is there a master's jacket that come with uh, being on RVA Dirt? Well, actually, it's it's like a it's a master's tattoo. So you just uh, get it. <laughs> you gotta get a tattoo. Whoa. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna we're gonna get some little. Pen. I'm gonna get some master's jacket pins for RVA Dirt. That, I like it. I like it. I'll take a pen. I'll take a pen. Who's here? <laughs> Who are you? Well, I'm LeVar Stoney. I'm the mayor of Richmond. This is, you're right. I've been a multi, uh, multi-time multi guest and I can't even count how many times I've been on RVA Dirt, but I forget. Uh, I, I will say you all have been the most consistent though, because there are a lot of faces that have changed since 2016 when folks covered me running for mayor for the first time, but yep. nothing stays the same like RVA Dirt. So Right? Well, thank you. Still here and still resilient, still reporting the news as, you know, speaking truth to power. Trying. 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 It's a crazy world, this, uh, this city we live in. <laughs> and we got a lot to cover and we only have you for 30 minutes. So, so, yeah. where do you want to start, Fran? Let's start with uh, the budget. Let's talk about the budget because that's we're we're close to some some votes that are going to happen soon. Let's talk about the budget. So, Mr. Mayor, we're going to let you kind of give us a good rundown of what ha- what what's the the kickback we've had, I guess, for the most on this budget is this budget ain't real sexy. Mm. And, and you have you've had some pretty sexy budgets before. Yeah. Right. And but this one isn't so sexy. And let's talk about maybe why and and the struggle that it took for us to get to this one that is still um, I mean, as presented, it was still, you know, a lot it was it was still meaty but you know everybody everybody's gonna be dis- somebody's gonna be dis- disappointed right, right? but let's right. talk about 
Well, you know, I remember coming on RVA Dirt in the past, and I remember early on in my tenure, you all said that we had that first budget that came from the mayor, but this is his this is his real budget right here. So we moved the you know I guess you could say we moved the uh, the, the bar higher in terms of sort of investment that's investments I believe in our our uh, centered in our values and some of that some of that always changes with the with the economy and the reason why this budget is not as sexy as some of my budgets in the past although we have moved the the the, the you know the bar even higher in the past years it's because of the pandemic mm-hmm. and the pandemic has the restrictions um, from the CDC and also from the governor have unfortunately um, reduced the amount of revenue that we would normally see in a year uh, minus the, the pandemic, minus co- coronavirus, COVID-19. Uh, so we saw lo- less dollars in our projections for uh, emissions, for lodging taxes, for meals taxes, and those are all industries that are still trying to figure this out, even though the governor plans to open things up on May 28th, they're still trying to figure out how they can make it work. You know, are we going to see more travelers? I hope we will see more travelers, more tourists, which means more hotel rooms, which means uh, the potential restrictions also means for more concerts and events uh, done in a safe manner uh, and more people actually eating in restaurants in which these are uh, important revenue streams that have unfortunately borne the brunt of this pandemic. And that's why we've had to at least um, be a little bit more conservative than I would rather want to be in, in a budget. You know, I'm all about, you know, uh, making progressive investments, but this one we had to be more status quo, more, uh, you know, pandemic era sort of budget. But what I hear from economists is that we may see a potential upswing in the fall uh, in, the, in the economy, which could mean for larger, a larger surplus. Uh, out of this upcoming fiscal year 2022 budget. So fingers crossed that people, things return to some sort of sense of normalcy. People start coming back downtown to go to work. When people go to work downtown, that means they start to uh, partake in what we offer downtown, which is the the finest restaurants, uh, I think, on the East Coast. Yes, yes. So what um, we always talk about the your your favorite thing, I guess, or your favorite thing about the budget or that thing that you really took pride in funding. Um, and then uh, um, we also try to always cover um, if you if there was more money, what you wish you mm. could have funded, um, what you wish you could have done. And I'm sure there's an abundant list yes. of that. Here. Yes. You know, the signature uh, investment in this budget is the investment in our, our workforce. Uh, we froze positions, uh, positions that we have not filled in, in years. Uh, so we saw sort of a streamlining of, of local government, but also we invested in our employees like no other. Uh, I've been recently in the past couple budgets been investing in salary increases to get a lot of my employees up to the midpoint in the regional market. Uh, this is why we have a tough time retaining employees because we train them in Richmond. Uh, we, we identify and we train them in Richmond and then they find themselves in Henrico and Chesterfield afterwards because uh, the, the roles that they hold in the Richmond City Hall uh, don't pay as well as the, role, the, the roles they are in uh, Henrico and Chesterfield. So we made a major investment in funding the Gallagher study, which took place 
uh, was finished uh, and was completed at the beginning of my first term. Uh, we, you know, we make all these investments in these plans. We've never followed through. Uh, I'm glad to say we finally are following through on the Gallagher study and investing in our in our in our employees, raising their minimum um, salaries to the to the midpoint. Uh, and also, uh, I believe the city council added a a, a percent uh, increase on top of that as well. So, uh, the more competitive our salaries are, we, we we have an opportunity to have a pick of the litter when it comes to uh, great employees that we bring in. Uh, if we had more money, though, if we had more dollars. The number one investment that I would would make uh, would be into uh, the affordable housing trust fund. Uh, we have a goal as a city to the, to reach $10 million. You all know that I made way for uh, a, a revenue stream, a dedicated revenue stream for that uh, account. Um, if I had more dollars, more operating uh, dollar, dollars, I would probably invest in the Affordable Housing Trust Fund um, because now more than ever, we need to find quality homes for all of our families that we can help incentivize the private sector to develop these affordable housing homes or provide uh, some help to those folks looking for a home. Uh, I, I think that's what we should do. I was able to maintain my $2.9 million investment, but as I look at places where we fell short, uh, the American Rescue Plan could potentially help in some places. And it's my hope that uh, the federal government does the part to, to pass the American Jobs Plan as well, uh, that will allow us to invest in some of the infrastructure in the city that has been long ignored because of the lack of dollars. Speaking of American Rescue and uh, how we're doing, uh, how are we doing in uh, pandemic recovery? Because, you know, Richmond has been affected pretty hard. What's your administration doing to kind of get us back on our feet and back uh, into society? Great, great question. Was that I, I, here's the thing. I think we've seen a lot of death, a lot of sickness in our community. Uh, it is the black and brown community here in Richmond has paid a disproportionate price. Um, COVID-19 just happened to hit people who look like me and just a little bit different than those who uh, are part of the, you know, um, the white population of the city. It just, it's like two totally different worlds. I'm proud though that 75% of our seniors in the city of Richmond have received at least one shot. Uh, that's black and white, that says a lot. Uh, but there's still even a divide between black and white seniors who've gotten the shot, though, who've been fully uh, inoculated. So there's still gaps that persist that we want still more and more of our seniors to get the shot. But 75 percent is a great milestone for receiving at least one shot that provides uh, at least some sort of protection for three quarters of our seniors. Uh, now, we are seeing um, our vaccination slow over time, and the population that's been slow to get that uh, get vaccinated are our younger people, uh, particularly black and brown people in our community who are been a little bit slow to, um, to to actually getting their shot and rolling up their sleeves. And so, I think we're doing well, uh, but we could be doing a whole lot better. And uh, we are, we're going to have to be more creative. You know, we've had a walk up. Uh, sites for folks to be vaccinated over at George With High School. Uh, you can also go out working alongside our friends at Enrico as well. You can also go out to the uh, the raceway to get a walk in a walk up vaccination. But we're going to have to uh, become even more decentralized, I think, and create more mobile opportunities with uh, 
mobile clinics into neighborhoods that have just unfortunately not shown up yet to get their shot. So uh, I will be um, a, a broken record until we reach that herd immunity level, which is a lot to ask for, but we should still shoot for the moon. And uh, if we don't, if we, if we don't reach the moon, at least we'll land in the stars on this one. So still a long, still uh, a lot awaits us. It's a marathon, but you can start to finally see the finish line. And with the governor uh, likely to uh, lift restrictions in May 28th, I, I say to our young people, it, now that you all are on the clock to, to, to roll your sleeves up. Seniors have done a, a lot of the hard work. We need some of them to come back and get their second shot. But now our young people, young adults are on the clock. And here's the thing. Now you can get, you know, uh, your, your children, you know, 12 and up vaccinated. So there's no more excuses, right? Uh, the, the, there are no more excuses. We just will redouble our efforts to reach communities who have not shown up enough. We'll be there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially if you guys plan on going out the house. That's right. Running out the house on May 28th. Um, we're going to need yeah. you to get it. And, and friend, I'll say this. I love the fact that, you know, uh, we can start seeing people again. Oh my know? gosh. Right. I know. I can't wait. I mean, I'm full of ready like to this, get hugs. Yeah. I love seeing y'all like this, but you know, let, let's get back into, don't, don't do the, did you just do the, what'd she do? The color, the color purple. Did she? The <laughs> and Nettie. Oh, wow. <laughs> miss y'all, man. I miss people, man. See, I see. That's why, you know what? You can have a little news. You can have a little humor as well. Right. Seriously, we got to laugh. I mean, I'm, I miss people as much as I like being at home all day and working at home because it's comfortable and stuff. I, I miss connection. Yes, me too. I miss hugs and just sitting across from someone and looking like really looking at them. It, it's not the same. It's not the same. I can see you right now on Zoom, but it's not the same. It's know? not the same. I, I even told my team, I said, you know, I, I, I've enjoyed doing these Zoom press briefings for the last few months but now i'm ready to get back in person and actually see people when i deliver the news about what's going on in the city so you're going to see me get back to in-person press conferences as well you know i I adopted a weekly briefing um uh, that i've I've been providing uh, on behalf of the city uh something that we started doing during uh uh, covid19 during the height of the pandemic but i think we're going to utilize that as a way to uh still uh, address the public on a you know on a weekly basis and be uh, as engaged as possible to uh, sending, uh, uh, providing information to the public. So we're looking forward to, to that. And hopefully we'll see you guys come out sometime. Man, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to, to be back. I'm, I'm sick of being cooped up, but uh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yes. Yes. We're looking forward to it. So to make sure that we're catching everything, um, we've had a COVID update and we talked about vaccines and we've talked a little bit about the budget to make sure Mm -hmm. that um, we don't miss some of the other things that are going on in the city. I did hear you mention George with that's, that's hot right now. Um, As it should be. Yeah. Right. As it should be, you know, I, 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 you know, you brought George with us. So I, I feel compelled to opine. Um, Let's do it. Oh, please. Yeah. It is. To me, it is, it's frustrating, it's disappointing because when I first ran for mayor in 2016, uh, this is, uh, I ran for mayor during the whole 
So, uh, you know, support our schools, marching, uh, marching students down to city hall, asking for the mayor to work alongside the city council and the school board in partnership to create better outcomes for our children. And I think over the last four years, we have developed this, the strongest relationship that the city has ever had with uh, Richmond Public Schools. I mean, I can uh, sit here with you all today and tell you that Jason Cameron is a friend of mine. And I, I endeavored to create a strong relationship with the superintendent because I saw how the previous combinations of mayor and superintendent went here in the city, and I wanted to do the opposite. And so I've had my doors been open to uh, Mr. Cameron from day one. And together, we did build three new schools. We did put more money into Richmond Public Schools. And we did this together. Uh, as Michael Paul Williams pointed out, you know, uh, the Richmond City Council and the city administration still uh, have the responsibilities of the, of the purse string. And that's why we thought that, uh, you know, we, we thought that having a strong relationship really mattered. Um, we did it together. It was a collaboration. And then with the, the election of this new council, uh, with five individuals saying they want to stop, essentially stop that collaboration that created those three school, new schools, um, it is baffling to me because I don't know, what is this about? Um, we did make a commitment to deliver a new George with in 2024, in the fall of 2024, but now that schools want to take on something that they have not done in, in years, maybe even roughly two decades, uh, and to make this about turn uh, right in the middle of the budget season where the dollars have already been allocated to the city to construct these new, it just, without any sort of public engagement on it as well. I mean, what I hear from the George Wither community is that they want this school built in 2024. And so for the five individuals on the school board, who and who is telling you to wait any longer beyond 2024? I just don't get it. And it's, it's disappointing. Um, I've always heard collaborate and compromise. Uh, that's what creates results in this city, create, creates results in government period. And I'll admit, I've matured on this job. This is my fifth year. Uh, there's always a part of me that wants to get even more dug in and say, you know what, I don't need them to do X, Y, or Z. But I, I recognize that, you know what, we all got to uh, swallow our pride a little bit to move the ball forward for our, for our children, for our students, for their families. And that's what we've offered in the letter with me and President Newville and Vice President Robertson and uh, Councilwoman Lynch. We offered, uh, we've offered a compromise on how we actually can get this school built in 2024. And you know what, after 2024, after I'm gone as well, you can build, the schools can build as many schools as they want to uh, under their authority. But right now, the number one objective should be for all of us to get George with built in 2024. But what I'm hearing from the school board, they're not interested in that, not even interested in having a discussion about that. And I really truly believe it's just a damn shame. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to have to agree on that because it's been very confusing for a lot of people and for our listeners that may not be aware of what's happening. Um, a resolution was passed by school board um, and voted on at a very, if we can say introspect time, right? Very, very weird. Um, without a lot of uh, public input, no, no, no public input um, was kind of stuck on 
um, kind of in the, the ninth hour, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that resolution was something that could very well have come up earlier. It could have um, come up a long time ago um, or it could come up later. It's something that could have kind of been enacted a while ago. But basically what that resolution says is school board wants to take over control of the building process of schools. And it's not, but it, it's a lot more than that. It's okay. It's got some other wheels in there moving because there's a procurement process, there's a team, there's all these things, other staffers that you need, which also have to be funded and all these things. And so when an entity um, such as a school board, and there are other uh, localities that um, do do that, right? But they have those teams already in place that's or right. they build those teams. They they Over time, yeah. That's a part of a, the process of taking that that over is building the team that's necessary to do that. So, Fran, under this process right now, they are duplicating resources that the city already has to offer. Right. We already have the construction expertise at our disposal, the procurement expertise at our disposal. Now, they're building out a whole new apparatus using dollars. Already have a committee that's established that has a a connection between the administration and school board already. Well, how long would this delay? Like if if this was just let go, um, how long would it delay construction on George Whip? Those who work on who work on infrastructure uh, and operations for me and also our consultants say, if we don't get an R, the city constructed RFP out into the, into the street by June 1, we are certainly going to delay the opening of it won't be no there will not be an opening on August of 2024. That's just the bottom line because every week that we wait to get an offer out there or put put an RP on the street, we push we eat into that sort of cushion that you kind of create to build these schools. And so it, it's it's a damn shame. And I, I think um, you know I'm a believer that we we must sometimes swallow our pride to to get somewhere positive for our, 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 our students and our families, but that's just not happening here because there's five people on, on school board who just refuse to even have the discussion. And there's the thing, what I've learned here in Richmond is no one wins when the family feuds, as Jay-Z says, right? No one wins when the family feuds. And that's, what, that's what, exactly what's happening right now. And, and um, for those of you who are unaware, a... Um, there's been several press conferences and things that have been gone on to talk about how those things, there's there's MOUs in, involved that kind of slow things up that people who are not knowledgeable uh, with what's going on, how that also will hinder the process if schools take over building schools. And there's a lot of different things that people, there's a lot of moving wheels in this. But one of the things that, that has happened if we're talking about compromise, right? Um, when they decided to do this and they said, we want to do this, our superintendent said, we're not equipped to do this. And, you know, I mean, and, and just from the outside looking in, school board is struggling enough to handle some of the things that they're doing now. Why would you add something else to this plate when we can't even get you guys to really get to a good point with a, a, a school re-entrance situation? Yeah, reopening, right? Yeah. Let's work, let's, let's work on that, right? And... But just aside from all of that, when you come to the table and you say, or or when they, you know, school board basically said, we want to do this, right? And we want to look into it and see what we can do. 
um, and you say, okay, it does that, you know, we're backing up the time, this is coming up. You actually sent out a letter, which you talked about earlier that said, hey, let's let's further compromise if that's mm-hmm. what the key, if that's what the keyword is. So let's discuss this, let's talk about it. If y'all want more involvement, okay, even, you know, in addition to what we already have, yep. right? Yep. Let's do that. Um, and at our last school board meeting, that was like not, they didn't even want to discuss it. And I find that very strange because you push through a vote for a resolution at the end, you know, like super late, like randomly, but now the compromise piece that could very well make this work was like, like we don't have time to talk about that right now. How does that work? I mean, it's something, something is at play here and it doesn't really make good sense to me. And, and the part, one of the people um, who is one, a part of that five that is, is not, a, is very much so against the compromise is the school board member that George, George with falls under. And that's mm-hmm. very, that's been very troubling for a lot of people that we've been talking to because they feel as though their voices are not being heard. And George with students are standing up saying, this is not what we want. Why are we doing this? And, and there's a, there's a context to this that we haven't said either. George Wythe has been put off, has been put off, has been put off, has been put off. And that, it, I mean, if, you, if we look around, you know, other high schools have been built, other high schools have been redone. George Wythe is in desperate need, right? That's and ridiculous. so it was put on the plan for a reason. And, you know, all, a lot of our schools are in, are in disrepair, not disrepair, but just in need of a new school because mm-hmm. we're just behind. You know, George Wythe feels like y'all pushing us to the back burner again. And we don't That's really right. care what the mechanics of this is, we just don't want to be pushed to the back again. And why is our school board member not listening to us saying, no, you need to do whatever it is that needs to happen to have us have this school yesterday. When I heard that member say, well, they've waited this long, once waiting another year or two, my jaw dropped. Yeah, that's that that shows indi- that's indicative of you're not listening to your constituents. Yeah, I mean, my jaw dropped. I was like, "What?" All right. Well, I know we got to let you go, but I did have um, a listener question that that came sure. in just because they're concerned about the public gathering space over at the Robert E. Lee slash you know MDP circle, um, whatever you're calling it these days. Um, the fencing. They want to know: Is the fencing staying up all summer? What's going on with that? Do you have any uh, control over that whatsoever? Well, I think always, uh, and sometimes people listen to me when I say this, and some people do, sometimes people don't. Uh, that piece of land where the Lee Monument still stands today, uh, which has been considered uh, MDP Circle, is state-owned property. It's like an island among all the city land. It's state-owned property. And so it's not the city who erected the fence. It was the state government that erected the fence. And I think as long as uh, the monument is still there, that fence will likely be up. I know it's tied up in litigation. Um, I don't know how long will it be tied up in litigation, but I assume that uh, the governor is going to keep that fence up until the work is complete. And that work is the removal of the Robert E. Lee Monument. Thank you for clarifying on that. I think um, a lot of people don't understand necessarily, or they forget that yeah. it's a state-owned piece of property and not city-owned. So, yeah, 
out of our hands. Uh, until yep. I mean, I wish I had more control over state owned property in the city. As we know that 30% of our land in Richmond is tax exempt, mostly state owned property that pay no taxes, yep. no send, no revenue to the city of Richmond. Nobody can see me making my like choking. Because uh, <laughs> that's what it feels like sometimes, you know, you really are choked, you're hamstrung by that sort of thing. And I always remind folks, we're like, oh, that's not true. This is a feature of a capital city. Yeah. Capital cities all across this country have the same issue where the state also is a essentially a, an occupying uh, entity force. in the city, right, out force. Yeah. And they can say, hey, for instance, you know, you all know Bank Street was, you know, you could use to tra traverse Bank Street. Can't do that today because of, yeah. you know, it, they've, it's been it's state property now. So, you know, these are sort of the compromises that we have to make as the seat of government for the Commonwealth of Virginia. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you You're so welcome. much. Uh, <laughs> appreciate that. Appreciate your time with us today. It's always nice to have you and uh, have an update on how yes. things are going. It's good to catch up. Maybe we'll catch up at the end of the summer or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Sounds yes. fantastic. We didn't get a chance to talk casinos, but I want to make sure folks know that uh, yeah, we ahead. will make a decision on casinos, uh, a resort casino, whether that be um, Arthur Ashe Boulevard, uh, in the Scotts edition or in South Richmond uh, at the Philip Morris site, we'll be making a decision by the end of this month. So, excellent. That's that, a good thing one, to throw in at the end. Yeah. Right? Once once we make once I make a decision and I'll make that recommendation to the city council. City council will only have the ability to vote yes or no on whether or not it will appear on the ballot this November for a referendum, and then the people, the city, will be the final uh, decision makers on whether or not a resort casino will come to Richmond. Excellent. There we go. All right. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. You too. Well, concert and music just leaving me cold. There ain't no beat for the hopping stroll. Dancing to the ballad is kind of tough. Give me a beat where I can struggle my stuff. Oh, baby, Mr. Mayor, go on, man, the rock and roll. Send me in a piece.